Good morning. This is Darrell Gunter, your host for leadership on WSOU 89.5 FM and streaming on the net at WSOU.net. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm very excited to have our next, our next guest on the program, Miss Susanna Kunkel, who is a luxury real estate specialist. And we're going to talk about some very interesting topics today about real estate, foreclosure, et cetera, et cetera. Susanna, welcome to the program. Thank you so much, Darrell. I really appreciate the opportunity. Well, you know, you and I had the opportunity of meeting uh, a year ago. You represented us in buying our, our luxury home here in Ambler, Pennsylvania. And uh, through our conversation, I really appreciated you sharing some of your stories about how you have helped people. But before we jump into these great topics that we're going to discuss, can you share with our audience a little bit about your education and background? Oh, sure, Darrell. Yeah, I am um, studied business and art, so I have that interesting mix of left brain, right brain. <laughs> um, and I worked in the corporate world for many years uh, while my daughter was growing up. Always, always passionate about real estate, but didn't get into real estate until 2004 after she was grown. Um, and I started in Hawaii where we lived in the second, uh, the resort second home market. I came to Philadelphia in 2011 and really enjoy helping clients like, like you and your wife, you know, find that perfect home, accomplish their goals and dreams. Excellent. Excellent. And, and, you know, let's start off, let's talk about what's currently going on in the market. You know, in this, this segment, we like to call the market update section. So what's going on in real estate on a national level as well as a local level? Well, we find some common themes, and one of the frustrations with market updates that I have, I'm kind of a little bit of a data geek, is that they're always historic. You know, we're looking, most of the news today is talking about the second quarter. Well, here we are almost into September, right? So, um, but nationally, as well as locally, the real estate market, despite any little ripples around the edges, is very healthy. It's been a solid, solid um, continuation of building value, equity growth. We do continue to have a shortage of inventory. So in most markets, it is still hard for buyers to find the right home, and that is causing some buyer frustration. We see that, you know, as you know, I work in the main line as well as in uh, Center City, Philadelphia. So, you know, that is it a seller's market in terms of things going like hotcakes? It is still... Correctly and strategically to the right buyer pools for success because we do still have sellers suffering and not selling. So I don't want to oversimplify the market. But in general, we have about four to five months of inventory, which six months is a balanced market. It's um, not as much of a seller's market as we saw a couple years ago, but it is a solid, healthy market with attractive interest rates remaining in the low fours. You know, with what's going on, of course, in the stock market, um, and as far as the you know the corp corporate debt rates, the, I mean the the, the, the corporate uh, uh, bond market, as well as the the U.S. government bond market, with the whole issue of the inverse inversing of the curve, um, how is that affecting the current mortgage rates? Are you seeing that the mortgage rates are are going lower, higher, stabilizing? What, what do you see there? Well, I'm not sure I'm qualified really to um, 
predict on the mortgage rates. And it's kind of interesting. We have for several years been told by the quote unquote experts that the mortgage rates were going to pretty much skyrocket, you know, and uh, the low rates are sort of artificially reinforced by the Federal Reserve policies. And yet here we are still in the low fours and we've had some of the most attractive rates this summer that we've had since 2013. So um, I, I don't, you know, I'm not fond of the sky is falling type news reports that people do, you know, like, oh my God, the interest rates are gonna skyrocket. You know, I don't wanna create a false sense of alarm. Um, I do, you know, we're a little bit at uh, the mercy, as you know, as we were during the mortgage crisis. <laughs> As you know, from working in Wall Street, you know, there's, there, we're in the, down the food chain in terms of reacting to what's happening and how that can impact mortgage rates. I do see at this point, probably through the end of the year, we'll, I would expect stability in that, in that uh, area. And we can get a little bit of a heads up sometimes when rates are about to change. So, you know, you can, it, the best vision is hindsight. So I would say anyone who's thinking about buying or selling now would be a good time to seriously analyze if taking action because of that. And I guess looking at it from the, you know, if you're in a home and you're looking to sell your home, of course, some folks, of course, will, as they sell their home, they will want to buy a new home. So you're suggesting that these rates are, or, 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 or very good rates, and this is a good time to make that, whatever that transition that they're thinking about making with their primary residence. Is that correct? Yes, because for one, the buyers, buyers can afford more purchase power when the rates are lower. So if you're selling, you know, the buyer pool is going to be larger at the market values for the home. Once the rates go up, then their buying power goes down. So it's on both sides, both for selling and then again, of course, purchasing the new home. One of the things that is impacting the shortage of inventory is kind of cyclical because if sellers feel they can't find their new home, then they're like, well, I'm not going to sell. You know, it's not the home I want, but I'll stay where I am. So the shortage of inventory is having an impact on sellers being willing to sell as well. So, you know, it's just that when interest rates go up, it's not only going to cost a potential seller more on the buy side, but they're going to lose qualified buyers at the price point they want to be in for selling. Oh, I see. Because the, the cost of ownership for the buyer goes up, which means that they may have to lower their budget because of the higher cost of the, of the capital uh, to purchase the home. Yeah, their payments, they, they're looking at, a lot of times buyers are looking at the overall monthly payment as a yep. really key criteria for success. So where they, um, maybe could afford 600,000, they might be scaling it back to 550 or 500, for instance. So your buyer pool just got reduced tremendously. And, and, and what about transitions of population? You know, I am, Deb and I are uh, transplants from New Jersey uh, over to Pennsylvania for a host of reasons. Um, are you finding um, you're, you're still getting a lot of traffic from other states for folks coming into Pennsylvania? Absolutely. As you know, Philadelphia's med tech ed, you know, such a strong magnet in those industry segments. So we are getting a lot of influx. The Philadelphia market is very different than it was when I first moved here, let alone 10 years ago. Um, then we're also seeing, as you know, I, I've expanded my market into the main line and we're seeing a lot of flux between main line and center city. You know, we have 
uh, I'm not going to offend anyone because I'm an empty nester. So I'll go ahead and say empty nesters selling their large homes, moving into center city. We also have young couples who are getting to a point where their kids are a little older and they're looking to um, move out to the main line to have better schools. Uh, so we have this kind of interesting dynamic. It's a little different than what had happened in the past in terms of the who's moving and why, but there is a, a, a fluidity, you know, between um, our local communities as well as the magnet of tech workers and executives moving to Philadelphia from across the country, really. We have a, a lot of New Yorkers <laughs> moving to Philadelphia. Cost of living is so much more attractive. Uh, people like yourself who might be in New York part of the week, you know, it's really not that far of a commute. Um, as well as, you know, people being drawn in to work for Comcast and various other, you know, indus tech industry magnets, as well as our top colleges. Well, that is true. I mean, when you think about um, from the educational aspect, as well as, as you said, med tech, as well as just, just good old fashioned technology, uh, Philadelphia has so much to offer, uh, you know, between University of Pennsylvania, Temple, Drexel, etc. So it's, it's a very exciting time for, for Philadelphia. It's almost like it's, it's like a quiet secret and I'm almost kicking myself for doing this interview because more people are going to be drawn to Philadelphia, which, which, which is good for you. <laughs> which, but we went to, we went to a Philadelphia Phillies baseball game the other night with a good friend of mine uh, from New Jersey who had tickets and what a great experience. And, and really it's easy to get into the stadium. It's just unbelievable. And uh, everybody was just having a good time. And, um, and, did the Phillies know that? Unfortunately, they lost that game to the Padres. But it was it was a beautiful evening, a beautiful event. So Philadelphia has so much to offer. But let but let's talk about this shadow inventory. That's a phrase I am not familiar with. What is shadow inventory? Well, shadow you know inventory refers to distressed properties that are not yet being shown. They're not yet showing up on the auction list or they're not showing up on the market because the banks have not taken them back yet. Um, as I've shared with you, uh, having gone through the mortgage crisis in Hawaii, I dove in early to become a short sale expert in order to help people who were facing foreclosure. And, you know, that uh, it's, a, it's a tough topic. Um, and I kind of want to address a myth about foreclosures right now because tied into the market update that we just spoke about, it's a very healthy market and the actual number of foreclosures, the statistics show foreclosures uh, are lower than they have been in 10 years. However, the other side of that is that the banks are now ramping up auction activity on properties that they have just held in the shadows. There are properties that where they filed the list pendants, the owner was in default and the bank just never really has taken the action to push it to auction. What I'm seeing, and I dive into this every day, looking at um, properties that are in distress, is, for instance, a lot of luxury homes where it's been dormant. The bank really did not, the banks don't want to take on negative inventory. It doesn't look good on their books. So because the market's healthier, that's 
that's the flip side of it is they're becoming more aggressive about pursuing auctions against homeowners who've been a little bit in limbo. You know, maybe their first list penance was filed even in 2009. I've seen this where, you know, it's just postponed, postponed, postponed. Now the bank is forcing those properties to auction much more aggressively than they have in the past because they feel they can sell it. You know, the, the market's healthier. So that's, that's the, the um, negative side of it being a healthier market is homeowners who may be in distress in one way or another or, um, and they've been able to kind of live in limbo. That's no longer the case. The, the need to take action is critical. And so educate me a little bit about how someone can manage themselves through this process to a more pleasant outcome. Well, being in, um, being in pre-foreclosure, as they call it, is a devastating situation. Nobody plans to buy a home and then not be able to pay the mortgage. You know, I've had some people where the increase in taxes or a health problem or divorce or just being upside down, you know, where it pulled the equity out when the market was strong and um, now, you know, the market no longer supports that value. There are any, any number of reasons. So first of all, when properties are in distress, usually the homeowner is also in some sort of distress. There's some kind of situation that caused this to happen. Mm -hmm. um, and that, that, that's one of the most devastating parts about foreclosure as well as, um, you know, just frankly, the shame that people feel, you know, it's like, it, it's embarrassing. It can be embarrassing. As mm -hmm, I said, nobody mm -hmm. plans to be in that situation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, as I share with, with you, when I, I'll, I'll use myself as an example. And um, I started in 2004, 2005 with real estate, had a really good first year, uh, bought a new townhome, you know, we would call it a twin here as it was a mm -hmm. duplex, but technically a condo. Mm -hmm. And having only been self-employed for about a year, I didn't qualify for a traditional mortgage. So I drank the Kool-Aid and got an adjustable rate mortgage. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I should have known mm -hmm. better, but being in the industry at that time, it did mm -hmm. not appear to be, this was 2005. You know, it didn't seem to be that risky. And I thought, Oh, no problem. I'll, I'll, I'll get a couple years continued income under my belt, refinance, and there was 100,000 instant equity. You know, it was worth on paper 100,000 more than, than the purchase price. So I felt very secure about that. Mm -hmm. Well, in Hawaii, there's like a tsunami, financial tsunami hit us. It, the mortgage crisis hit us first. There was a huge bubble with the easy money coming from California buyers mm -hmm. and then a huge burst. So um, I found myself in a perfect storm. Our developer left before the develop. We had 104 homes. He left, left the island. He had an LLC, mm. uh, and our homeowners association took a legal action against him. They had to send a private eye to Colorado to find some accountant to file against. I mean, it was really like a Aaron Brockovich movie. Right. Um, right. And so we, as homeowners, could not refinance. And I found myself really, really stuck um, in a terrible situation. Um, so it was early in the mortgage crisis when I found myself in that situation. If you remember, you might remember Fox News and so on around 2007, 2008. There was a lot of shame put on homeowners before the bailout. Like, we're not going to bail out those losers, mm -hmm. that kind of attitude. Mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. So it was very embarrassing. I'm a realtor. I'm, I'm a professional. You know, I felt uh, I did everything I possibly could. I, I dove into learning about short sales when no one would even talk about them and um, put my house on the market as a short sale when we finally could do something and got it under contract, understood the benefits of that. And then my mother passed away mm. and I, mm. um, yeah, I needed to do some paperwork and different things. And I just kind of threw up my hands and let it go. Um, so I know personally how devastating it can be and how frustrating and also the damage that happens after a foreclosure versus a short sale um, and how that damages your credit and your purchasing power. But the most, the thing that I wanted to share was I personally had to, you know, I tried to do an Aaron Prokovich. I got all the homeowners together, hired an attorney, et cetera. Like I tried everything I could, but what was devastating again, tying back to what your question was, is the, the mindset, the emotions. And um, I had to flip it around and think of myself as CEO of my family. I had worked in the corporate environment. I worked with um, investment bankers doing restructuring of businesses. And I'm like, this is something businesses do all the time. They restructure, they um, sometimes go bankrupt. Sometimes they file uh, different, chapter 13 re refinance to a bridge loan and move on and create a new business but i recognize as even though we we are business and i know you deal with a lot of executives and talk to business owners and business leaders in our personal life when we're dealing with our home there can be emotions attached to that that make it very difficult to function as a business leader within our own fi family finances and then i found working with luxury homeowners who also were in foreclosure on Kauai. I, um, having specialized in short sales, getting the training needed to help people avoid the situation. I found many of my clients also unable to function effectively because of the shock of finding themselves in a situation, being successful, being wealthy, you know, having a property that's upside down, no way to sell it and no way to continue to carry it. Um, was just so devastating that, you know, as much as there's technical information needed, help with mindset is the first thing, you know, being willing to take action, being willing to look at options, being willing to maybe ask for help and move forward with some, an action plan is the most difficult thing. And that ties into, you know, what we talk about and you talk about with your, um, your show here in terms of mindset and being a business leader. And the show is about so education, I, I, right? I am mm -hmm. trying to go ahead. No, I'm saying the show is about education. And I thought your message is just so important. And, and let me just jump in real quick. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here with Miss Susanna Kunkel, who is a luxury real estate executive. And Miss Kunkel is sharing with us uh, what's currently going on in, in the local real estate marketplace here in Philadelphia and the surrounding area and nationally, as well as giving us information about the shadow inventory, which is the distressed properties uh, they, that are not on the foreclosure list yet, but also what are the options that a homeowner has that they are not aware of that will help them through this situation. So, Suzanne, if you can, could you define for our audience, for those who are not familiar with the term short sale, what is a short sale? Well, when a property is in 
foreclosure process is pre-foreclosure. First of all, usually there's some kind of, in Pennsylvania, it's a judicial state, so there's some kind of filing from the courts. Um, so, and it might not even be upside down in value, but if someone's behind on their payments, there may be equity there. Um, but we'll trust typically what's happening when it's upside down in value. Let's use an example of a home where there's $2.9 million worth of debt. And now in today's market, it may be only worth 1.5, right? So a short sale happen is when we sell the property with the bank's cooperation prior to the auction. And that is a little bit of a complicated process. It involves finding a buyer willing to buy it and negotiating then with the bank, the lien holder, who's the third party involved, to forgive the debt, forgive the amount short. You know, like in that case, it'd be 1.4 million that's short. You know, it, the, the sale price, the loan balance, the difference between the balance due, which will include legal fees and so on, that's usually escalating, and what the current market value is. Well, specifically the net the bank receives after closing. Now, one thing for a homeowner is important to know, in a short sale, the homeowner cannot make any money, but they also don't have to pay anything. The bank pays for all of the realtor fees, the closing costs, um, anything that's typical on a closing statement that's required to be paid is, is really paid by the lien holder. Uh, so what's important for a homeowner is to get that debt forgiveness. Um, there can be tax consequences, so it's no small thing, but what many people don't know, talk about nightmares from shadow inventory, is many people think if the, bank, if the home goes to foreclosure, okay, I'm done. You know, I can walk away. You know, I'm free and clear. In actuality, the banks can still pursue that debt of what you owe, the difference, right? So a short sale successfully resolves that debt with debt forgiveness from the bank. In the past, in the beginning of the mortgage crisis, a lot of times banks were asking for contribution from the homeowner's 10,000 uh, interest-free note for 10 years, et cetera. In my experience, say in the last six to eight years, we've been able to get debt forgiveness even when the homeowners have wealth, have other properties, have cash in the bank. Um, for the lien holder, it's a positive because they actually net more through a short sale than having to take it all the way through auction, going through that process, having it on the books, having it vacant, possibly vandalized, and then bringing it to market as an REO or bank-owned foreclosure, then their net with the bank-owned foreclosure is always less than what we can get them as a short sale. Mm. So it... It, it's a win for everyone in, in an essence because the homeowner can resolve the bad debt. It won't show on their credit report short sales. The debt forgiveness may, will be a little bit of a, you know, when debt is written off, that can show. But it's not a foreclosure. is like a bankruptcy on your credit. You can recover from a short sale quickly. Within a year or two, you can qualify for a new mortgage. Um, it's better for the lien holder. They net more and they, they don't take on a bad asset onto their books, which looks bad to the stockholders. And usually it's better for the buyer because they're getting, um, their hope is to get under market value, some, some benefit for it being distressed, but also the owner is still involved in maintaining the home. They have seller's disclosure. They have much more information 
and and uh, than you do when you're buying straight from the bank. This riskier, you know, mm-hmm. than as buyer beware as is, you know, take it or leave it. And so, what are some of the options for? Again, just to reiterate, what are some of the options for a homeowner who is upside down in in in, in their current situation? Well, usually, in my opinion, the short sale is the best option. However, there are other options. For instance, you can um, do a deed in lieu of foreclosure where you basically surrender the deed to the bank. Sometimes they will give cash for keys with that, uh, but it's still a foreclosure. So um, actually, I have a a website, fightthebank.org, which outlines some of the options Many homeowners may try to do a, a restructuring of the mortgage. Quite often, the bank will require an attempt at that before they'll approve a short sale. More often than not, that doesn't work, but there can always be that one situation where they might be willing to restructure the debt. Usually, there's no debt forgiveness, so if it's truly underwater, that isn't make a great solution because they're just reducing the payments and putting it on the back end of the mortgage. Um, so the debt restructuring, uh, it, you know, it, it can be be possible. Um, it's important to consult with a realtor who's knowledgeable because sometimes, for instance, I'm working with a listing right now where the their owner's in distress, but there is enough value where I believe we will sell it without it having to be negotiated with the lien holder. But we've brought in, you know, the marketing to get it sold at the highest level. Um, to avoid that situation. So if it's close, you know, it may be possible to sell it, resolve the situation without it having to be negotiated with the lien holder. Um, there, there are other options. It's just that, you know, it's important to consider the impact on your credit and um, your future buying power and things that might, might, you know, follow you into f- further endeavors. And Susanna, how can someone reach you? Well, my cell number is 215-920-2888. And of course, you can text me at that number. Uh, it's like I said, the short sale website is fight, fightthebank.org, which is tied into my overall website. You can hit me up from that location as well. Um, you can find me on Facebook, Susanna Kunkel, S-U-S-A-N-N-A-K-U-N-K-E-L. It's an odd name, so it might be better to just go to the website. <laughs> and your website but, um, is uh, com, and that's S-U-S-A-N-N-A-K-U-N-K-E-L.com. And uh, very nice. And Susanna, believe it or not, we are running out of time, but what parting thoughts would you like to leave with our audience? Well, of course, I love helping anyone with real estate and be happy to consult with any buyer or seller who's interested in exploring what the market can offer them. I will ask your listeners to please keep in mind anyone that you know who might be facing a foreclosure or just frustrated and stuck because their property is upside down. Please, please encourage them to reach out for help. I will meet with them confidentially and we'll explore options and um and instill some hope. And uh, real quickly, I believe you you may have a, a seminar coming up in the next few weeks. 
Yes, there's, we're going to have several um, as ongoing uh, offering. I like to focus on educating and supporting people as they explore different aspects with real estate. There will be a 1031 uh, exchange seminar either end of September or beginning of October, um, pinning down the date, you know, which allows share information on how you can sell investment properties, move the money into other investment properties, and uh, defer your capital gains. Excellent. Susanna, I want to thank you for coming on our program to share this very important information about the real estate market, short sales, how to get out of a situation that you're upside down. Thank you for coming on the program. Thank you so much, Darrell. My pleasure. Ladies and gentlemen, that wraps it up on this week with Leadership with Darrell W. Gunter on WSOU 89.5 FM and streaming on the net at WSOU.net. Have a great weekend, but remember, leadership begins with you.